The reading is from Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. As you know, Jenny and I spend quite a bit of time in Ibiza. And a couple of years ago, we were there this time of year, uh, and we were able to go and uh, take part or be involved in or enjoy the procession of what's called the Three Kings. And it's a wonderful thing. Uh, all these um, photographs were taken from Spanish television because the Epiphany is a greater thing over there than Christmas. In fact, Christmas is considered to be a holy time where we, they settle down and they enjoy worshipping Jesus being born and then they have Epiphany when they have all the fun. Now, I wonder if I could have my three props to come up, please. And Joyce. Because... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you. There you are, Joyce. Just what I need. And you'll need these as well, Joyce. Now let me let me describe the scene to start off with. You may wonder why they're standing here like like idiots. <laughs> the, the, the reason they're standing here is because it's a washing line. But what, what happens in, in Ibiza, or in lots of places, is they have a great big parade with all the floats 
you could possibly have. And, and, ima- and imagine them sort of cr- rows and rows of, or crowds and crowds of floats going around with people with various scenes of the nativity, of Christmas, of the epiphany, of the three kings, all sorts of things. And on one of them, and this is something which really struck me as being absolutely fantastic, there was this scene of the crib, Mary and, and, the, ba- and the Christ child and the, uh, and the shepherds and what have you, and outside was this, a washing line. Can you put them up for me, Joyce, please? And to, for me, and this may sound a very strange thing, it brought home the true humanity of Jesus. Because when we think in terms of that love, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, we think, oh yes, swaddling clothes. They were nappies. Jesus was just like us. And that comes out through Scripture. So this is it. But there's another important part, and I'm not going to do this bit, because Pauline's going to come around with this. There's some tins at the back, Pauline. On every float that went by, they had buckets of boiled sweets. And they used to throw them into the crowd. And we're not going to throw them into the crowd today, because we don't think it would be right to do so. But the, the thing was that all the children... Would be oh, children. Where are the children? Well, all the children. And they all had upturned umbrellas. <laughs> and, and I think they used to have a competition to see who could get the most sweets. And it was a wonderful time. But the thing which really struck me at the end of the procession, all the children and their families went into a marquee which had been. <laughs> <laughs> and went into a marquee into which all their presents had been put. And then they were able to go in there and to receive from the kings their present that their parents had put in for them to have. And you know, I found this a very fascinating thing. It was fun. You know, they were really enjoying themselves. There was music, there was... There were, um, Acrobats, have they come up the acrobats yet? No. Um, perhaps we could run through them. There are the acrobats there, look. What does that say, Ivan? Can you, can you hear me? At the same time as this is happening in uh, Cibeles, that's a square in Madrid, all the people are, and I don't know what's coming up, there's another... Good night, everyone. Good night, good night to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a very, very big event, the Epiphany, and I thoroughly enjoy it. You may go. <laughs> I had to choose two tall men, you see. So. Thank you very much indeed. But that's the the Ibithian and Spanish way of celebrating the Epiphany, and you know I think that we've lost something. This is me, a little bit of a preach now. I honestly think that we've lost something is that we forget the glory of the wise men coming to worship Jesus and we don't really click onto it enough. We spend more time hassling about Christmas than we do about the showing of Jesus to the Gentiles. Let's pray about that. Let's think about that over the next few days. Thank you, Louise. Thank you. Invitations in the Christmas story. 
I mean, invitations can be, um, some of them were ordinary and some of them were quite spectacular. If you think Mary had an invitation from the angel Gabriel to become the mother of God's son, that was a deeply personal invitation, wasn't it? It affected her deeply and she was rather overwhelmed and scared by it. And then Mary and Joseph received an invitation, didn't they, to um, sign on for the census and make their long journey, which was, and that invitation came probably by word of mouth, or maybe they had a document. And that wasn't a happy one at all. That was um, obligatory, not convenient. And they responded, they went out of duty. And then the next invitation we see is the shepherds who were invited to go and visit the baby Jesus. And they, that was the most spectacular invitation, wasn't it? An army of angels in the sky. And they responded by hurrying to Bethlehem. And they, when they saw the child, they were overjoyed. And then they ran all the way home and spread the word to everybody they met. And praising God all the way home. And this morning, the invitation to the wise men was just a phenomenon in the sky. We don't really, there was all sorts of theories about what the phenomenon was. might have been a bright star, several coming together perhaps. And it was there for all to see. But the wise men came from the east, they were astrologers, and they understood its significance. And they studied the sky in order to interpret events. And they were so intrigued that they responded to the invitation by putting themselves out and travelling a long way to Jerusalem. And then we had it in our reading as well um, that they were sufficiently important to receive an audience with King Herod where they thought they would find a newborn king of the Jews. And of course Herod was jealous to hear about a king of the Jews because the Romans referred to him as the king of the Jews. And so he um, questioned them further, didn't he? And we see that the chief priests and the teachers of the law had to look into the scriptures in order to find out um, what was prophesied about the Messiah. And so they were redirected to Bethlehem. And then we read as well in our reading that um, Jenny read, that when they saw, when the wise men saw the star over the place where the child was, they were overjoyed. Now I wonder why they should be overjoyed when they saw the star over the house. Why do you think they should be overjoyed at that point in the story? I think it's because they had an epiphany moment. Should we have that slide? There we are. Aha! It's like a light coming on. The light had dawned. They actually realized, their eyes were opened and they understood that God's word in the Bible, in that prophecy from Micah saying that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, the Bible was true. God's word was true. And also God was deeply, um, was leading them but in a personal way to that actual place where the baby Jesus was. And so, not only did they understand the scriptures were true, but God was actually leading them personally to Jesus. And all of a sudden they understood that was the central point of the prophecies that we've heard about the Messiah coming. And here he was, their aha moment, their epiphany 
the light came on for them. Over to David now, because David's going to talk about what gifts they brought. Yeah, it, I was trying to do some thinking about, about giving gifts, and apparently it is a custom that in the East that when you go to visit someone, you give them a gift. You take something to them. But what would the wise men give as a gift? Would they give, what would they give a baby? Oh boy. Choice there, isn't there? What would we give? But what could they give a king who has everything? What did they give? They gave gold. Recognizing that he was not only king of the Jews, but also a light for all the nations. They gave frankincense, a precious spice offered in prayers, and recognized that this was the Son of God. And myrrh, a spice oil used to embalm the dead, recognized that Jesus' death would have huge significance. And we all know that it did. They gave their gifts, bowed down, and through heartfelt worship to Jesus, a baby in a peasant's house. This. Jesus came down to earth from heaven, lived among us as Emmanuel, showed he cared, showed us the Father by his teaching and miracles. He died to set us free from our sins and became the Saviour of the world. By dying, he put us right with God and gives us a new living relationship with him and the hope of heaven forever. God invites us to come, to see, to be there, to see and understand for ourselves that Jesus is King, Son of God and our Saviour. He wants us to have that aha, epiphany moment. I know that's coming up. Yes, it's there. That light bulb that shines in our lives. And he desires our whole lives to be given to him in worship. He calls us to follow him and to come into his kingdom and experience freedom and a new living relationship with him forever. And we have a fresh opportunity today, this day, November, December the... No, it's it's January the 1st. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what confused me. Lisa put on her Facebook page that she was going to open up Facebook until January the 1st. So I'm, I'm <laughs> we have a fresh opportunity to respond to his invitation of a new life. Do we feel we're in a faraway land? and have kept God at a distance. Is coming to church today a duty? Have we had that epiphany moment and suddenly realised the significance 
of Jesus in God's plan for the world and also for our lives. Jesus came not only for his own people in one point in history, but he also came to be a light to the Gentiles and to the whole world, to us, for you and for me, and relevant in our lives today. Are we overwhelmed with grateful thanks for what Jesus has done? Are we drawn to worship him from our hearts? Do we need to change? Do we have a burning desire to share the good news with everyone? What can we give him? What can we give him? I thought we'd have um, a response time now.